Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly, fully vaccinated and fully boosted Johnson in D.C. Yay! Today, my guest is Greg Oliar. We're going to talk about Merrick Garland. There's so much to talk about. We're going to talk about other stuff, but Garland is going to be a huge part of our conversation. Before we get into it, I always try to keep these intros short. I do have a tier on Patreon that allows listeners to listen ad-free and with a much shorter intro. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners and its woman run. It's patrons who keep the show going. If you enjoy today's conversation, take a look at the about page. Check out some of my past guests. You'll see most of the time I talk to political people, but occasionally I interview actors because I used to be one. Just visit patreon.com slash start me up. I do two free shows a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, and they're followed up by What's Up with Me, a show for patrons only after each free show. Check out the variety of tier options at patreon.com slash start me up. You can make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I've included a link that allows you to donate through PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes slash Apple Podcast Store, become a subscriber, it's free. And while you're there, please rate the show and leave me a review. I would really appreciate it. Now please enjoy my conversation with Greg Oliar. Welcome back to the show, Greg. Thanks for having me. Happy birthday, too. Thank you. Yes, it was yesterday. And so, you know, it's funny because I saw that your birthday on Twitter was on the 13th and I just kept thinking today was the 13th, but that's because everything is fucking crazy. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I'll, I'll do that. My mom, you know, will say, oh, it's so-and-so's birthday is on Friday. And I said, well, I know that it was on the whatever day, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that Friday was that day. Right. You know, that's the part that I forgot. <laughs> Not that when the birthday falls, you know, it's, it, it, it's, you know, that this day is that day. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot to keep straight. There's a lot to keep track of. We can be forgiven for, you know, missing a day here or there. Right. Being, sometimes I'm way off. Sometimes I'll be like, what's the 10th? <laughs> No, it's the, it's the 16th. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've been way off. I have a pretty good, scene. like, I've always been able to remember birthdays pretty easily. I mean, there's a few that I, like, I get mixed up with the days, but I don't know. I've just always had a thing. I'm not good with names. I used to think I was good with names, but I have a tendency to forget them all the time. Even people that I know really well. It's like, oh, the name escapes me. So I don't know what the fuck. I don't know what's I going on with I have a fear of it. I have a fear of forgetting people's names. Oh, I'll really? know the name, <laughs> I'll know the last name, and I'll think, am I saying it right? Am I going to pronounce it wrong? Uh, and then occasionally I will screw it up, and then that will just make that fear yeah. worse, yeah. even though 99% of the time I do remember the name. So, <laughs> well, weird. you know, I mean, I used to be a sales rep, right? I was an outside sales rep, and I'd go around, but it was like, of course, you'd know the person's name. You'd have their card or whatever it was. So... I just always prided myself on, oh, I, I don't forget names. But then when I got out of that industry, okay, no, I don't remember everybody's name. So whatever. It's just, it's just is what it is. But, you know, I want to jump right into this because there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to cover. But I definitely want to talk about Garland. I want to talk about Garland, Bannon. I want to talk. I, I want to play. Maybe you can play, not play, but be, I don't know, the devil's advocate to what I have to say. But I'll just start off with okay. with saying and I'm just going to take my take on this is that I don't, um, I don't know what's going on as far as, you know, what, what any DOJ invest, like if is what there might be a DOJ investigation about Trump in any way. I don't know. Obviously the way I see what happened with, with Bannon is there was a grand, first there was the votes, and then, you know, we had the committee vote, then it went to Congress, and then uh, it went to a grand jury. 
And then when the grand jury voted, because they only need a couple times a week, they voted uh, that he was guilty. And then it went over, you know, d to uh, whoever it was supposed to. I know that Garland is everybody's talking about. So then he got indicted. He got uh, he got indicted on Friday. So now there's this whole argument and please correct me if I get anything wrong. But I mean, there's this whole argument on Twitter now, like we can't blindly trust him. And like, for instance, Sherry Jacobus is saying that these two, like, obviously they're separate. Whatever's going on with Bannon is not the DOJ itself. And we don't know what's happening at the DOJ. And, and all I have to say about this is we just are so used to leaks with the Trump administration. We had leak after leak after leak. We don't have any leaks in this, so we don't know what's going on. I'm not saying there's nothing to worry about. I'm not saying we should blindly just automatically trust Garland as this great good guy. But I, I just don't know what's happening. And I'm not sure how to, uh, you know, other than just kind of wait and see what's going on. Because we do know the Watergate investigation took a couple of years. What do you think about all this? Well, first of all, good on him for indicting Bannon. Mm -hmm. Because there was some fear that this wasn't even going to happen. Right, exactly. Okay, so yeah. let's let's give credit right off the bat where credit's due. I figured eventually that he would, but mm -hmm. I didn't know. And great, he indicted him for yeah the the most obvious fucking crime ever. Right, <laughs> right. the guy was tested. You know, he had a subpoena to appear before Congress, mm -hmm. which is a big deal. Mm -hmm. He blew it off. He blew it off super publicly. And then um, that's it. Like, you're not allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. It is unlawful. So if you're the, the, the attorney general of the United States, you know, you have to look at that and say, yeah, I think we have a case here that the guy broke the law. So that is an extremely low bar. Right. An extremely low bar. Again, we're glad he did it. Mm -hmm. I'm not taking anything away. But I need more. We're not indicting of Bannon course. for anything that has to do with January 6th. We're indicting right. him because he blew off the subpoena. Yes, that's it. It's 100%. a completely separate thing. Mm -hmm. So and then was there a perp walk? No. Is there going to be a perp walk? I don't think so. No. He's probably going to get out on bail. I mean, I don't know what ultimately is going to happen. But the, the, the mad celebration of Twitter on Friday I, struck me as strange. I, I on on the narrative show on Friday, I equated it to be like if it's a football game, we're down fifty six nothing, and we kick a field goal and we're celebrating. Like, mm -hmm. You know, it, it's it's great, it's progress, it's a move in the right direction. But I, I there's nothing to celebrate here. Like, I I don't have that much confidence that that there is anything going on in terms of Trump's longstanding crimes. Mm -hmm. As you know, the Mueller report especially part two of the of the Mueller report is a, is a blueprint for indictment for mm -hmm. obstruction of justice on multiple counts. Mm -hmm. Mueller set it up that way. He did it really carefully with the idea that someone either via impeachment or later, you know, maybe it's the attorney general, maybe it's a, another special counsel would take that work and use it and indict the guy. Mm -hmm. um, because it's, it's what Trump did is horrible. Yeah. I mean, and it's not like, he was doing a great job as president, but he did this terrible thing. Mm -hmm. He was an awful president trying to destroy, literally trying to kill us all. And he also did these illegal things. So I don't understand why we're protecting him, mm -hmm. like, and worrying about what some, that this sets a precedent. The precedent is don't obstruct justice. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not complicated. If you, if you don't want them to come after you, don't break the law in such a horrible way like Trump did. So I see no, and this is something you mentioned, Sherry Jacobus. 
she's been right about 95% mm-hmm. of the time, yeah, by the way. Has. I think you have to acknowledge whenever yes. you bring up her name that she's usually right about stuff. Mm-hmm. Not always, but usually. Her, mm-hmm. her success rate is, is certainly higher than mine. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to give her... Uh, yeah, I'm not, things, yeah. But, um, I, I 100% I'm with you on that. She's been saying this for a while. Why yes. why are we not indicting him about uh, Trump on these charges? Mm-hmm. And I don't know everybody's sort of holding their breath I think on the Jan- in the January 6th. Mm-hmm. Are they going to go after the guys um, up up the ladder? Are mm-hmm. they going to draw a line somewhere and not prosecute the Bannons and the Roger Stones and the Mike Flynn's of the world and just you know it's just going to be the QAnon shaman and that's it mm-hmm. i mean and i don't know what the answer is and neither does anybody else and yes there are people out there uh, saying how dare anybody be critical of merrick garland we have to have faith in him that he's going to do the right thing if i wanted a narrative that a savior was going to come down after some uh, indeterminate amount of time and judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. And then, you know, the bad people will go to, I'll go to church. I don't want that. (laughs) I want the justice department to actually pursue justice. Mm -hmm. I want people that broke the law in the worst way possible. That that besieging of the Capitol is the worst attack on Mm -hmm. our democracy since Booth shot Lincoln, which Mm -hmm. I've said a bunch of times and it remains true. And to ignore it, to not, go at that with incredible urgency mm-hmm. is is just I, I it is unfathomable to me if i was the attorney general and again i'm not a lawyer and i'm certainly not this guy from the the dc circuit or whatever that would be my number one priority mm-hmm. protect democracy everything else yeah. is secondary because if we don't have democracy nothing else is going to work anyway yeah 100 percent. You know? yeah so let's protect that and if he does that if they really move forward with it uh, then a lot of the problems are going to take care of themselves because some of these congressmen are going to get arrested. Mm-hmm. Some of these senators are going to have to leave. You know, people are going to be expelled from Congress if it's done right because they fucking participated in sedition. Yeah. You're not allowed to do that for yeah. the 14th Amendment, right? So again, I don't understand the lack of urgency. And people like to say, well, you know, we can't criticize. He's not allowed to say anything because it's going to jeopardize. A... No, it's not. He can... Nobody's asking him to go out there and tell us specific details about certain things. But, I mean, go out there and say often, this thing was bad. This mm-hmm. was an attack on our democracy, and we are not going to stop until every single person that participated in this thing has faced the full, you know, yeah. weight of ju- whatever, however you want to phrase right. it. I don't want to have to parse his fucking words. I don't want, there's no sphinx. He's not that. This is like when Greenspan was the head of the fed and we're trying to, we're we're Kremlinologists trying to figure out what's on Stalin's mind. Just fucking tell us, man. Mm -hmm. So tell us so we can relax about it. That's what we want. Yeah. And until I see indictments, multiple indictments about stuff that actually matters, I'm sorry. It's, it's going to take more than this little thing to uh, get me to, to change my tune. Well, you know, I'd like to just say, because there's hardly any nuance. It's like you have a certain amount of characters on Twitter and you can express yourself a certain way. The way I was looking at the Bannon situation alone, outside of of any kind of DOJ or federal investigation on any of these guys. With the DOJ, what I'm sorry, with Bannon, what I kept seeing on Twitter is I'll believe it when I see it. He's not nothing's going to happen to him. And there was this whole, and, and it's like the same thing that I'm hearing with the Democratic Party. They're not doing enough. Um, you know, Biden is a failure, blah, 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 blah. 
and and like the entire Democratic Party isn't doing enough. Where I I you know obviously there's there's the obvious ones of cinema and mansion, and then I know that there's a few behind the scenes who are also not interested in messing with the filibuster. They're they're just the ones who are really upfront. But the majority, the way I see it, is the majority of the party wants to move forward with the Build Back Better, with the Voting Rights Act, and then we've got some people that are getting in the way. And when I see and and I'm and I'm fucking I'm pissed off at them and I'm upset and I'm terrified because of their actions what that might mean for the country and I I don't take any of it lightly but I also recognize that the majority of the party is trying to do this and with the apathy that you get from oh the party's not doing what it needs to so I'm not going to vote uh hands power to the other side is a stupid fucking strategy because obviously then we just get fascism and never never get a fair election again. When it comes to Bannon, again, it was kind of like this, Eeyore, it's never going to happen. And, and, and I'm kind of on the track of doing my best because I don't see it from the DCCC. I don't see it coming from leaders at the party that we have to get some kind of, I don't know, not so much enthusiasm, but understanding of what's going on. Understanding that we have to choose between you know, people who want to save democracy for the most part, and then the fascists. With Bannon specifically, so many people kept insisting nothing was going to happen. And I, you know, I, I remember thinking, watching um, Andrew Schiff and, 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 and the words coming from the committee, it just, even though they're not the ones deciding on indictment, it just didn't seem to me like Bannon was just going to walk with nothing. And so, for me, it wasn't the celebration that you're talking about, like, oh, my God, just blind faith in Garland and all that stuff. It was like, see, the, I thought he would get indicted. I figured he would. I wasn't sure. And it was funny because I was on Bob, Bob Seska's podcast on Friday. And, of course, as soon as we stopped the podcast, <laughs> Bannon gets <laughs> indicted. But what I said was, I'm giving him another week. I'm going to see what happens in a week, and then I'll kind of decide what to think about Bannon and Garland on that. So... Mine was not like, oh, victory, woohoo, everything's perfect. I don't think that. But I also, that leads me to wonder, and I, I totally get what you're saying, and I'm not arguing with you, but I feel like with Garland, I don't know if if there are, yes, he should be out there talking about the fact that these people need to go to jail and we're not going to stop until people are punished, and he's not. Um, he's not helping people feel safe but i think there is this and i'm not agreeing with it there's a concern that they're going to come off as partisan i don't agree with that because when you fucking attack oh, the capital oh no that would be so terrible to be partisan <laughs> <I know. laughs> when the other party is, is wants fascist. The fascist overthrow exactly fucking, oh my and, God. and and I, so, so i mean stupid. i think that that might be with someone like garland and i don't agree with it but i think that might be his concern and you know again I do not side with that argument. I'm just wondering if that's maybe what he thinks, because it, because then that leads us into there's all these um, reports about the Proud Boys and white supremacists basically showing up to events. I guess they're they're making Democrats or even maybe some Republicans feel intimidated to have town halls and violence is you know the 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 threat of violence is stopping that i don't know maybe garland is thinking okay if if we do this it's going to increase the violence and i'm not saying that that's how it should be i'm just saying that's maybe what he's thinking what do you think about that i i don't know i don't think he's very plugged into what's going on and i and he's i had said before 
that I think this guy is just completely out of his element. Like, and I, I, I may have even said this on your podcast before, and I've said it a bunch of times. It reminds me of when H.W. Bush ran for president in uh, whatever year it was, I think 92, right? When, when he went into the supermarket and didn't understand how the scanner worked and he looked befuddled and how that really hurt him because right, it showed yeah. how out of touch he was with yeah. how people live. And I felt like that was the deal with Garland also. And then he confirmed mm. it. He said, I have been insulated in the monastery of the judiciary, mm-hmm. which really the minute those words escaped his lips, he should have been let go. I yeah. mean, that, like we can't have this now. Yeah. I, I, I understand it. I don't, I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's corrupt or anything like that. I think he's obviously very smart. I think he means well. And I think he ultimately will do good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have his his finger on the pulse at all. Mm-hmm. Like I think what he what he thinks is important is, is not quite what I, I would focus on, which again right, involves yeah. defending democracy. And um, you know he's done a lot of things that are good too. I mean I think he does he he's done stuff with the police forces and stuff like that, and he's very good. I think at, you know. With, with the anti-racism stuff, mm-hmm. I do feel like that's a priority for him, and I I think that's great. Mm-hmm. But again, without <laughs> without democracy, we're yeah. fucked. Yeah. None of that stuff matters. You have to prioritize it in the right way. And uh, you know, you mentioned, and I want to. There's there's accounts on Twitter that are just Debbie Downer accounts. So like, yeah. they're not doing enough. He's not doing enough. Nothing's ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. I never talk like that. I, I certainly never yeah. tweet like that. No. It doesn't do any good. No, it doesn't. You know, what's the purpose of it so that you can be right later? Like, yeah. shut up, you know? <laughs> um, but on the other hand, it's okay to be critical of yes, Garland if you don't think he's doing a good job. That's part of – that's what it means to live in a democracy, democracy exactly. and exercise yeah. First Amendment rights. Yeah. There was a prominent blue check account that had a thread last week or whatever um, – where he was saying, anybody that's critical of Garland, I'm going to block. And it's like, yeah, that's dumb. What the, I, I, yeah, I what the fuck is that about? Yeah. Like, no, I'm going to be critical of everybody. Yeah. That's our, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. That's how democracy works. And honestly, I think that Garland is susceptible to it. I think mm-hmm. he does now that he's trying to figure this out. I think he does when he's trending on Twitter. I think he knows. And I think he knows why. Mm-hmm. And I think he does bow to public pressure, at least a little bit with mm-hmm. stuff like this. Who are we to say that all of those people tweeting about, Bannon getting thing didn't influence him in some positive oh, way. Oh, yes, to I totally agree. I totally agree. You know what? I totally agree with you, and I maintain that, and I've said that, in order to be a thriving democracy, we absolutely have to question. We actually, we have to put pressure on. My big thing is the ER Democrats, like you were saying, the the Debbie Downers. Because what, you know, I look at what happened in 2010 and 2014, and whether it was because some people felt, oh, well, we've got this really you know, liberal black president, we don't have to go vote in the midterms because everything's safe and wonderful. Or they didn't give me the Medicare for all, so fuck them, I'm not voting. Or it's just because people don't even realize there are midterms. Whatever, they didn't show up. And 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 so, you know, this particular midterm that's coming up is so important for so many reasons. And my whole thing is I just, you know, fucking criticize away. Be critical, put pressure on, whether it's Garland, because I've heard people say, oh, they don't pay attention to you. DOJ is not paying attention to public pressure. I don't buy into that at all. I think it's extremely important that the people make their concerns known. And when it's a a huge, you know, portion of the, the country that's 
really sticking on one thing. And if it has to do with Merrick Garland, yeah, I, I think he is aware of that. And I think it can influence his decision making. So it's extremely important. But yeah, the, the thing that I rail against is this whole we're never going to win. It's never enough. The Democrats aren't doing enough. And it's like, oh, my God, we just came off of four years of complete insanity, chaos, and then it was topped off with a fucking pandemic that we're still in. And the last thing we need to do is take on a, well, you know, I mean, I, I said on Bob's show the other day, it's like if you have a presidential candidate who, who walks around going, well, I don't really think I'm going to win, but would you vote for me? You know, it's like we can't take we, – we have to take on a winning attitude. Uh, we can be critical and say, why isn't this happening and stuff? But we can also kind of take on the thing like we need to and we're going to win with this kind of attitude. And I just it, – it, that is the thing that's driving me right now. And, of course, it's being it, – maybe I'm not expressing myself in the way that I should – but if people are referring to me as a shill either for the Democratic Party or for the DOJ, and it's like, no, that's not what I'm doing. I am just saving my critiques right now because I want to watch what's going on. I'm not saying anybody else should save their critiques. I just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Obviously, something needs to happen sooner than later. And I'm, and I'm also wondering, and I want to see what you think about this. I mean, I don't know, you know, right now we're dealing with the, the January 6th committee and we are seeing some, you know, I'm, which I talked to, to AG from Mueller, she wrote, she was saying that, you know, it's understandable that some of these uh, lower people would either get lesser crimes because they're cooperating, but then as you move on up the chain, okay, well, are they moving on up the chain? Is that where this is going? And if it is, the DOJ would not be necessarily doing it because of this, but if next year we start seeing indictments on you know some of the bigger fish wouldn't that benefit the democratic party um and again the doj wouldn't be thinking that way but if it were to happen that way wouldn't it benefit the democratic party i think everything you know what benefits the democratic party is indicting the people that are trying to destroy democracy mm -hmm. i think that's going to be the thing at least for me and i know i'm I'm sort of hyper-focused on this mm -hmm. in a way that maybe other people aren't, but I need to have the Trumps and the Jared Kushners mm -hmm. and the ban, especially this Mike Flynn guy. Like yes. we just let him wander around willy nilly stirring yeah. up sedition. What are we doing? I know. I don't understand that. I mean, the, there are ways that, you know, call him back to active duty and then court martial him. Mm -hmm. Somebody tweeted that like a year and a half ago. This isn't rocket science. I don't understand the lack of urgency. But, you know, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not a member. I'm, I'm a member of the party, but I'm not a booster of the party. I'm not I'm not worrying about that so much. Mm -hmm. But I think the messaging of the party is good. That Biden has been fantastic in, in a lot of ways. Has he made mistakes? Sure. Mm -hmm. Everybody does. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, um, he's been great. I, I think he's been, you know, the best president of my lifetime. I think we've said this before. Yeah. And. You know, it, especially when you consider uh, the, the circumstances when he came in and the expectations and everything else, he's done great stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. if these things pass, the infrastructure bill and all this stuff, this is going to majorly impact people's lives yeah. in a very positive way. And, you know, the majority of the of the issues that people argue about with politics actually aren't that personal to them. You know, uh, the, the wedge issues about 
people, the, the Republicans trying to scare people about what if somebody uses the bathroom and they're trans, you know, that <laughs> yeah. kind of shit. And that's 95 percent of the of the discourse on yeah. these idiot broadcast networks is stuff like that that doesn't actually impact that many people. Um, you know, e even abortion, the people that are the ones that are protesting it, a mm -hmm. lot of them are men. It doesn't impact them at all. You know, right, it's not yeah. a, it's not an issue that affects them. It's an issue that affects women and 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 stuff, right? So, like, but to to be able to do something, um, as a as a politician, as a president, that directly impacts people's lives for the better, is really a wonderful thing. So, mm -hmm. if you're somebody living in rural West Virginia and suddenly now you have broadband, suddenly now there's no job somewhere, and, and you're you're living in Nebraska, say, mm -hmm. and now they're going to build this new train thing, and they need work, they need labor, they need uns you're going to go get a job now, mm -hmm. and uh, and you're going to have one for a while. This is all good. This is this is something that people can say, hey, I. My life was going in a bad way. And then this thing happened because this politician, Joe Biden, did this thing. Mm -hmm. And now my life is better. It's rare that that actually happens, yeah. you know. And um, I know I know politics is a lot about emotion and a lot about mm -hmm. how it makes people feel. Mm -hmm. But it's also about that. It's about, hey, um, you know, this this person helped me. I mean, Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, you know, there's a lot of bad things about that guy. Absolutely. But he saved us here in upstate New York mm -hmm. from the pandemic getting worse. He absolutely did. And, you know, you build up if, when you can do something like that, mm -hmm. you build up an enormous amount of goodwill. Yeah. You know, and people like you. And then, OK, so you, to your point about when things break. Yeah, we're on we're on pace now. I was reading in the post, well, Biden's poll numbers, who gives a fuck what his poll numbers are now? <laughs> who gives a fuck ever? It doesn't make any difference. I don't yeah. care. If people are too stupid to understand that they're only alive because this guy pushed the vaccines, then I don't know what to say. Yeah, know. You know, But I don't care about the poll numbers now. The poll numbers matter next October. They yes. matter now. And uh, by next October, we're going to have the benefits of these programs and these, um, you know, right, these pieces yeah. of legislation. We're going to have... Um, the pandemic is going to ostensibly one hopes be much better than it is now. Mm -hmm. And God, the please. attendant, uh, you know, job stuff that comes with that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, tourism coming to all of mm -hmm. those things. And then we're going to have maybe hopefully some of these people that have done bad things be indicted for it. And what the indictments would do is it would, it would, it would pierce the narrative. The, mm -hmm. the, the Fox news bubble is, there's no collusion. There's no collusion. Right, they did yeah. nothing wrong. Well, as long as nobody's going to jail, yes. that narrative is perfectly it's strong, valid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're a person just watching this and you don't understand what's actually happening, and you're just watching Fox News, yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Sure. If 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 Trump, you, you can make the argument. If these guys were really doing these bad things, why are none of them in jail? Mm -hmm. And the answer is because Trump pardoned the five that got right. <laughs> indicted. Yeah. But you know, you could still make the argument. So if that argument goes away, it becomes a lot harder for them to make the case. And then if Trump is going to get indicted for obstruction, if he's going to get indicted by New York State, if he's going to get indicted by Georgia, who are they even going to run, you know, in, yeah. in, in three years? I don't know. Um, you know, I, it's not like they have great bench. Are they going to run DeSantis or one of these assholes, governors that is trying to kill everybody? Well, it looks like it. It looks like <sighs> it. Well, you know what? Um, I want to. There, people on Twitter post some. I asked if uh, 
if they had any questions for us. Here's a question, and I just I want you to answer it. I have a little thing to say about it. But somebody says, why didn't Congress use inherent contempt, which is designed to compel testimony? Bannon will wear this new charge as a bad, badge of honor and may n- never speak. I want these people to pay for their crimes. What do you have to say about that? I don't understand enough about the differences in the in the how the laws are done, mm-hmm. but it seems to me that if if they decided to do it this way, that this is the best way to do it. I mean, I, I trust Pelosi. And mm-hmm. If Pelosi and Liz Cheney are like, this is how it should go, that's good enough for me for now. You know, well, it, it did what it needed to do. Bannon, I actually am a little bit surprised that he didn't just show up and start blabbing because he he's done that before. Huh. I mean, he likes to talk this mm-hmm, guy. So, mm-hmm. um, but. I, you know, once you start subpoenaing him, he's going to take the fifth. He's not going to say anything, no matter what. So it's 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 just kind of a strange thing. Like I, I just, you know, I, I just wish they just put him in jail. I mean, if he's going to be a martyr I from jail, great, fine, be a martyr from yeah. jail. I think jail is a lot less pleasant than he thinks it is, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's harder to do your podcast from prison, all of that <laughs> stuff. And I want him honestly to worry about it. Right. Like we've done nothing. We've had, there's no pressure put on any of these people and they're free to just mm-hmm. traipse around, you know, gallivant around and, and, and foment uh, sedition. Yeah. And if they're worried about getting arrested and they have to, you know, cut deals and, you know, try to figure out which one's going to flip first and let them, let them direct their energies to that. So, you know, I'm grateful that Bannon at least has to worry about this. A little yeah. Bit. I don't know if he will. Right. You know, he's I, I can't pretend to go, you know, to understand what goes on in his leprous brain. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's what I think. I, well, I, I don't uh, know enough about it. I do yeah. know that I heard somebody uh, talking and I, I can't speak to this too much other than I think it was like on MSNBC or something like they were talking about. Somebody from the committee said they were considering or whatever inherent contempt. So I don't know. We'll see what happens moving forward. I, you know, I don't. Evidently, he's supposed to uh, surrender on Monday. I don't know if they're going. There's going to be a bail situation. If there is a bail situation, more than likely he'll pay it. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. So I, I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens tomorrow. Um, yeah. And then I'll just go from there. And, you know, I mean, I totally I'm with you 100 percent on everything you're saying. And I get what Sherry Jacobus is saying. Um, But you know what? We've already discussed that. So I want to somebody's asking about Kavanaugh and you're like, you know, you're pretty uh, well versed on Kavanaugh. So somebody says, Kavanaugh, are we stuck with him? Is MSM complicit through their inaction and both siderism on so many existing existing leads on him and others? So that was one part of it. So what about, I mean, what do you think is going on with, I know we've talked about him before, but just refresh. I think, you know, the thing with Kavanaugh is that he lied. Okay. Mm-hmm. He committed perjury. And I think that if you're um, one of nine, just nine justices in the Supreme court, you should maybe not perjure yourself quite so frequently. Um, he, <laughs> he was not straight about his finances. I've mm-hmm. written at length about his finances and um, I, so much so that uh, a reporter at mother jones um oh, pushed right. back on it saying well w- you know we know who paid his things um was his dad but we don't actually know that mm-hmm. and even in her th- in the thing that she wrote she said well it seems like yeah it's his father so the so best seems, she could do was right. seems yeah okay so we don't know and he either um he didn't say that his dad uh, who's wealthy and easily could have given him the down payment. He did not say that his dad did it. And he either didn't because um, he just was too embarrassed, which 
really? This guy, this this drunk guy who's gotten in Barbara, he's embarrassed about that? Really? I mean, everybody knows that his dad's bankrolling him. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, there's no shame in it. So either he's embarrassed, that's, that's one thing people have said, or uh, he's trolling us. He knows that it's going to drive people like me nuts and he's just a troll. That's valid also. Or he, his dad didn't and he doesn't want to lie. He wants mm-hmm. to create the impression that his father did it, even though his father did not. So those are the three possibilities. And I don't know which ones they are, but he lied, he, but he lied about other things too. You know, yeah. he, the, he, there was a, um, the guy, what's his name? Kaczynski, the judge mm-hmm. that he was a, um, he clerked for or whatever had this, uh, the circuit judge in California had this, um, what was it called? The easy rider mail list. Okay. That he maintained this judge maintained. And he was, it was like, this is back in the nineties. It was like, you know, people would get on these mailing lists and get um, group emails about with dirty jokes in them and stuff like that. And he would do this thing and he would send around these kind of hmm. dirty sicko jokes. So Kavanaugh said, Oh, I don't know about that mailing list. I was never on that mailing list, <sighs> which seems insane to me because yeah. he's absolutely the target audience for those jokes. Right. Um, there was stuff that he did in the Bush white house that I think we don't know about mm-hmm. that involving the torture memos and stuff like that, that he didn't really answer that they try to hide behind privilege and stuff yeah. like that. And, uh, that's also cause for concern. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole Dr. Ford thing and all of, all of those mm-hmm. circumstances mm-hmm. around that, you know, um, the devil's triangle is not a drinking game. No. It's not, we're not idiots. He also <laughs> said he never gambled. He never did any gambling at all. No sports book, nothing like that. You know, there's lots of rumors flying around about that, mm-hmm. that he has done that. So, you know, if he, according to his testimony, if he even plays fantasy football, he's lying. Um, <laughs> right. And, you know, and this is a guy who's now, okay, now uh, I had somebody, I have a contact, a, a source, whatever, who said, I, I was at this event and he's there getting, getting, drinking beers and yeah. getting hammered and behaving badly. Mm-hmm. Now, after his, he, you know, that's who this guy is. Right. So, um, is there any is there any move to get rid of him? No. no, you know we could try. We could try to um, you know examine the taxes and the finances and stuff like that and find out where he lied. Mm-hmm. And somebody from either from Treasury or the DOJ or an independent um, you know special counsel could go in and say, "Hey, you lied. We know you lied. So either you're going to resign and leave the bench and go get a nice." fancy job with some fancy law firm making a million dollars a year mm-hmm. or we're going to indict you and then you're going to lose your law license and then you're really wow. fucked. I wish so that that's the, that's the blueprint for, for Kavanaugh leaving. I don't know that there's appetite for it. Mm-hmm. I try. You know, I've been trying yeah, to know who owns Kavanaugh thing, which now they've tried to twist into saying um, oh, he's been bribed. Nobody's saying that he's been bribed. Literally no one is saying that. So that's that's a semantic that the other side, that the Kavanaugh people are trying to float out there mm-hmm. so that they can they can come back and say, well, we were not bribed, you know, but nobody's saying that. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is people paid off. He 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 had um, a huge down payment on his house, which he did not have that money and it was paid. And then he had massive credit card debts and they were also paid. And yeah. both of those things happened right before he took a job on one of these uh courts the first the down payment happened right before he he went on the dc circuit and the other thing with the baseball tickets and the and the payment of the credit cards happened before the supreme court so these are things that should be looked into but Mm -hmm. there's there's no sense of urgency um 
And I don't think that, you know, I, I, I had Senator Whitehouse on my podcast a couple of weeks ago and I said, is there any kind of are they going to expand the court? What's going on? And he said, nobody thinks that it's a big enough deal. We have to keep telling the story and keep explaining why it's not good that this dark Jeez. money goes in um, to help these people get into the system. Because, you know, all of these there's now six of nine Federalist Society, mm-hmm. um, you know, Leonard Leo guys in there. And uh, it's dangerous. And it it's is. not how the system is supposed to be. And, you know, we're going to we're going to we're going to pay the price for it down the line. Yeah, we really are. So, OK, I'm going to ask you this and I don't know anything about it. Maybe you do. So some Michelle wants to know by granting Trump a stay, um, the appellate court effectively blocked the House Select Committee's access to essential evidence, thereby forcing an indefinite delay on their investigation of January 6th. Since the purpose of the committee's work is to provide answers to critical questions regarding the seditious act of the republic. Is it ultimately the American people who suffer because of this court force delay? How can the court claim to be how can the court claim this to be justice? It cannot. Um, it isn't. I mean, this is such an extraordinary circumstance. Uh, and, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't even pretend to be one. And maybe the court has. Maybe there are good legal reasons why they don't think this should happen. I mean, just to play devil's advocate for a second, you know, one of the things about the reason why presidents aren't supposed to be um, indicted for things in general that they do while in office is because if they weren't president, they wouldn't be doing those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, like even uh, the Bush Cheney Iraq stuff, people are saying, Oh, they should be indicted for war crimes and that. but they, and I'm not defending the position. I'm just yeah. explaining that the reason that they don't go after them for that is because that's, that's only something they are doing because they are president. Mm-hmm. But, you know, taking money from the U.S. government from the hotel you own in D.C., right, yeah. that doesn't count for that. That's just pure corruption. So with the Trump stuff, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that trying to overthrow the government is kind of important. Yeah. But having said that, this committee can only do so much anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's going to get arrested or indicted because of something that happens on the committee. Yeah. I mean, other than Bannon, of course, but right. <laughs> all they're able to do is refer stuff to DOJ, mm-hmm. right. At which may or may not do anything with it. I think what the committee will do, what I wanted to do, what I always hoped it would do is keep this story in the news. Mm-hmm. And when we have people coming in and testifying, you know, um, Maybe this Bannon thing scares the shit out of anybody. Mm-hmm. Maybe if Bannon gets thrown in the hoosegow mm-hmm. and winds up having to pay some money, that you know some complete coward like Mark Meadows is going to be like, you know what? Maybe I will show up. Yeah. And uh, and then when these people start talking and they're on TV, it becomes harder to, to spin the story in the way yeah. Fox News would like. Right. You know. So that's what I'm hoping for, and that that then becomes the springboard to. Hey, let's have a special counsel mm-hmm. and let's let's nail these fuckers, which is what we need ultimately what we need to do. And again, why hasn't Eric Garland done that? Right. Why? Yes. I mean, I, I maybe it's because they're already investigating it. They don't feel there's a need that mm-hmm. could be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If you want to not if you don't want to be political or be per- perceived as being political, as you mentioned before, that's how you handle it. Mm-hmm. You create a special counsel and say, I can't do this because I'm the Democratic appointee of Biden, the Democratic president. I'm going to get this person to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's just they're just going to focus on this thing. And that's it. And that's it. And then you, you go from there. You know, right. so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. This is also fucking I, I don't like any of this. OK, I'm just going to ask you my own question. 
uh, Biden has promised that Build Back Better is going to pass before Thanksgiving. Now, we have obviously Joe Manchin who's screaming about the cost, even though it's all paid for. It's all paid for. I think we all know that Manchin doesn't really give a shit about the cost of it. He's just listening to the GOP people who are paying him. So what are your like what's your gut telling you about this build back better? I don't I never really understand when things happen that they are now official. You know, it's always, oh, it passed this thing. And now does it have to go to the Senate? Like, it, I, I, I'm not I'm always confused by that. So I'm going to say right off the bat, I don't know. But what frustrates me about especially Joe Manchin as he's on his yacht or driving mm-hmm. away in his fucking Maserati the press kind of treats him like, well, Manchin said, and his concerns right. are, yes. instead of just saying, Manchin is saying this, but he's in his Maserati. Like, yeah. he's clearly, it, it cannot, it's not possible for it to be more obvious that this guy is just saying whatever the fuck he can think to say yeah. to delay the process and try to shut it down. So, like, you know, I, I short of uh, of the, the surviving Koch brother walking him on a leash like the gimp in Pulp Fiction, I don't know how much more obvious it can get. Yeah. And the fact that the press sort of pretends that it's okay is also a failing of the press. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I was absolutely. in the press, it, it should be, the story should be, Manchin says this, Manchin takes money from these people. Manchin <laughs> right. says this, yeah. he lives on a yacht and he makes this money. And, and they've, they, they have reported these stories, I get that, but they should say it like up front. Yeah, put like, them together, give a yeah. fuck what that guy says. He's just bullshitting. He is uh-huh. a bullshit, he is being paid off to bullshit. And it's horrifying. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I also I don't want to look at his ugly face. Really, I don't want to look at him anymore. He's such an ugly man. He really is. Um, I hate to make. I hate to say that. I know we're not supposed to say these things, but um, it's because he's it just comes an from ugly the inside. Guy. I don't want to see his. I don't want to see his face. It, you know what? Literally, it comes from the inside. It's like we know who he is, so he's ugly, and he's an ugly human on the inside, and it's just coming out, and you could see it on his fucking face. And it's, you know, we're, we're all at this mercy. It just, it blows my mind. It endlessly blows my mind that, you know, we come out of this Trump situation and f- we figure we're going to get some kind of like breath of fresh air or feeling like, all right, some of the pressure is off. And I stupidly thought, oh, this is going to be a decent fall. I don't have to worry about horrible things until next fall <laughs> no <laughs> I, I i this is this is so awful for me and for so many of us because we just don't know what's going on and you know it, it it's just it's terrifying it's just absolutely terrifying and then on top of it um let me see did you see did you see this fucking latest news about kyle griffin posted this when chris christie was hospitalized with covid so serious that a Catholic priest visited to pray over him, Trump called him on the phone with one big concern. Are you going to say you got it from me? So evidently Trump gave Chris Christie COVID and that like all he cared about was that Chris Christie was going to tell on him. And so we're dealing with this fucking madness. Plus there is a new story that came out. Let me see. Where is it? Um, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention officials were pressured by Trump administration officials to alter scientific guidance and prevented uh, them from communicating directly with the public. And let's see. Yeah. Okay. So we've got that going on. And I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to do what the news does to you and just hit you up with other things, because then there was also in the news this morning, there's a memo 
from Trump attorney outlined how Pence could overturn the election, which was uh, Jennifer Ellis, and she outlined a multi-step strategy on uh, so on January 6th, the day Congress was to certify the election, Pence was to send back the electoral votes from six battleground six that uh, Trump falsely claimed that he won. So obviously there was there was this memo on how to, to do this. It's fucking amazing to me that Pence did what he did, considering all the pressure he felt and the fact that he wouldn't even get in the car with the Secret Service. What do you think is, uh, do you think, okay, let me ask you this, just like an odd, weird question, but do you think <laughs> Pence thinks he's going to be president? <laughs> Yes. Oh my I mean, God, I that guy. I, 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 I do think that he he's he's delusional enough in that in, mm-hmm. in those regards that that's <laughs> certainly part of his calculus is not wanting to piss these people off. Right. Yeah. And I don't know it. it he is so thoroughly owned by Trump mm-hmm. that it is sort of miraculous that he did not follow his orders. I know, but it really is. My my theory about January sixth, and I may be wrong. This is again, I am speculating about motive here. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think that the objective was to get get the election overturned as much as to get rid of I, I think Trump wanted a pardon. Mm-hmm. I think he wanted mm-hmm. a blanket pardon and he needed somebody in there that was gonna give it to him. And Pence clearly, for whatever reason, was not. Right. And it may the reason may have been that he didn't want to go to jail mm-hmm. because um you know, it, giving a pardon like that, like this happened in, in Illinois with mm-hmm. uh Lugoyevich, right? He, he Oh right, yeah. Yeah. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. It, it, you can't sell pardons, and it would look, um, it would look like that, right? So, um, my theory about what happened is that Trump wanted a pardon, mm-hmm. and absent Pence doing it, he had to go down that chain of command until he found someone who did. Hmm. Clearly, Pelosi was not going to do it, mm-hmm. so those two people had to be eliminated, um, which is what I think. You know, certainly some of the uh, besiegers mm-hmm. had in their in their minds. They yeah. wanted to go after Pence. They wanted to go after Pelosi. Mm-hmm. And then Grassley is next in line after that. Grassley maybe would play ball with that. Pompeo mm-hmm. certainly would. So yes. that's, I think, what Trump really was after. Mm-hmm. Not so much the election thing, because that only... Even if he's president for four more years, mm-hmm. in four years he still has to worry about going to prison. Mm-hmm. If he has the pardon, he never has to worry about going to prison, right. and that's what he's worried about. That's yeah. just my theory. It's just my theory. I may be completely wrong. I don't know. This Pence stuff is interesting, and um, mm-hmm. you know they, they were after him that day, though. I mean, they yes. wanted. I think it's much worse than we probably even realize. Mm-hmm. I'm I sure think they it were is. very close to him, and that could have been a much more that could have been a bloodbath in mm-hmm. that place that day could have been a bloodbath and we're very lucky that it was not um can we go back to chris christie for a of minute of course though? of course okay what can you here i'm gonna ask you a question okay what the fuck is cnn thinking trying to give this guy a show <laughs> yeah like they're like i saw an ad and it said christie the new series mm-hmm. you're gonna do it a, like a like a three-part thing about this guy we don't fucking care about this guy yeah you know the three parts are bridgegate mm-hmm. i gave my phone to fucking christopher ray <laughs> i closed down all the beaches so that i could go to the beach <laughs> i my tongue was in trump's butt for four years <laughs> and so the last possible minute when i wouldn't get indicted mm-hmm. and now uh, he almost killed me because mm-hmm. he gave me fucking covid um <laughs> 
I took up a hospital bed at Morristown Memorial Hospital where in real life, my, my father was at that hospital right before, not wow. from COVID, but right before he left and Christy went in the next day. And uh, so he's there sucking up resources that, that some non-trader might yeah. could have gotten. What else is there to know about this? And now we're trying – I'm supposed to care about him on CNN? Why? I don't get it. Well, this is – I mean, the only thing that I can come up with is – and again, it's speculation. I mean, there's pictures of Jeff Zucker hanging out with Donald Trump. So and, – and he also recently just said, I don't have a problem with people from the Trump administration coming on as pundits. So what I take from this – and I'm even going to go so far as to add in MSNBC – not so much Joy Reid or, you know, the, the nighttime lineup. What, you know, Chris Hayes, Lawrence O'Donnell, um, and Joy Reid. I don't think that they are, you know, they seem to come from the same thought, you know, the, 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 the same ideology I do. They, they, Chris Hayes is astounded every night at what's happening. But I think the higher ups at some of these cable companies are not as liberal as you know some of us would like to think and they're you know they have their own they have their own agenda and it's difficult to differentiate you know what's going on in that world because we just don't know but somebody somebody just a you know regular twitter user commented the other day and said MSNBC is unwatchable up until 4 p.m. because all they do is regurgitate GOP talking points and I don't watch MSNBC in the daytime, and, and lately, I haven't even been watching in the evening. I watch a little bit of Chris Hayes, and then I have to turn it off because I've been immersed in it all day, and I need to fucking take a break. But I don't know. I think that some of these people who own these cable networks aren't not – they can't be trusted because they might have some kind of – you know, the, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Chris Christie is not Donald Trump, but he's still Chris Christie, and it's ex- everything that you just said. So that's, I mean, all I can say is I think that some of these wealthy cable people, I think they, they are maybe just a few pegs away from Trumpism. Maybe they're not fully invested in it, but they have something to gain from it in their own eyes. I don't know, because they think they're not going to get taxed and they're, they're never going to have to pay taxes under Republican rule. I don't know what their uh, agenda is, per se, personally with each one of them. But it, it seems clear to me. I mean, wasn't it you, I think it was you, who said that, they don't really talk about Russia on MSNBC. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. And they, it, they, they, they won't talk about Craig Unger's book. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like something's going on. I don't know what it is. And it's like the last thing I want to do is put out there that we can't trust the news media. But I have to say the news media has been doing a fucking shitty job as of late on how to report what's going on in the world. It's very simple. We have an imperfect party that occasionally makes some stupid choices, maybe doesn't go as far enough as it should, but they're doing basically what they can to do to save democracy. And then we have fascists. And that's the end of the story. It's fucking neo-Nazis. They're not German Nazis, but I did a, I did a tweet the other day because we've all been saying, okay, there was the, in Germany there was an attempted coup and then they won. Um, eventually, they, they, you know, Hitler did go to jail but he only served, I think, like five months of an eight-year or seven-year, whatever it was, sentence. And then I, I don't I don't remember the dates, but eventually he did rise to power. And we all know what happened after that. Well, we're seeing an effort from people on the right. The, the, they're extremists, and they, they're fucking 
chomping at the bit for a civil war. I don't know how anybody, I don't care who you are, how much power you have, how can you think if, if you're a head of a cable company, if you're the if you're the president of CNN or whatever you call it, how do you think that a right-wing extremist country is going to benefit you in any way unless you turn into Fox and you start just spewing all the propaganda like Pravda? That I mean that that's all I can think, but I mean it's, I'm going to turn this back around on you. As far as the civil war is concerned, we keep hearing, you know, chatter about a civil war. Some people are dismissing it because there's because the, all they do is think, okay, well, it's not the 1800s, and we're not going to. Of course, we're not going to repeat that. It's going to be a new form of civil war if we have one. And it looks to me like with these proud boys showing up and intimidating, whether it's schools or whatever, town halls. Uh, I think this is the beginning of some something that could escalate into something way more violent and if we don't have the military on the side of sanity i think we're in really in big huge fucking trouble what do you think about this like threat this rising threat of violence for people who from people who are obviously extremists well i have um as we're listening to this this coming friday on my podcast i have arthur snell who's a British diplomat, and he has a new podcast out called Doomsday Watch, mm-hmm. um, which is much less uh, uh, <laughs> doomsday-ish than, than the title suggests. Right. Very good. <laughs> he, he's great. And um, and the first episode looks at the United States and, and you know, the, the, the trend towards autocracy and, you know, is there a second civil war? So we talk about this a little bit and, and you know, whatever you want to call it, there's certainly an information war going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to look the same as... Uh, you know, we have to take Fort Sumter or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's going to be different. It's, yes. We have to get into people's minds mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, you know, one of the things that makes it really complicated is that um, it's not geographically based. Right. Yes, there are red states and blue states, but there are plenty of Democrats in red states mm-hmm. and plenty of, of, of MAGA in, mm-hmm. in blue states. I live in one of the bluest towns in the country in, in deep blue New York. And we still have people driving around, pick up trucks with the idiot flags and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. We have all that stuff. If we're not immune from it, so there can't be a civil war, in that sense, because it's you know who's going to fight whom. It's like right. even within a, a small town, you're going to have people fighting each other. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. So, but the 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 divide is so great. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this brings it back full circle. The guy who can change this is Merrick Garland. Hmm. By by indicting people. Mm-hmm. If he indicts Trump, the, the thing that pierces everything is indictments. Mm-hmm. That's the currency that we have that, that everybody, that nobody can avoid. You know, when they all get indicted, what are they going to say? Oh, it's deep state. No, it's right. not. Right, exactly. You fucking did the thing that, that <laughs> you, you, try, you try to kill us in COVID. Yeah. Let's have, why don't we have a special counsel just or, or a commission mm-hmm. a 9-11 style commission looking into covid response because shit happened with that that was bad jared kushner did horrible horrible mm-hmm. things during that time so did trump and the guy that was in charge of it by the way at least on paper was mike pence hmm. so those three guys right, yeah. are on are you know they're, they're responsible and they have to bear some kind of mm-hmm. penalty for it um if if nothing else to make sure that they can't run again and uh, oh until God. we get these things, 
no one's going to be moved one way or the other. And, yeah. and they're just going to listen to the, to the divide. It's interesting. Yeah. He played on this podcast, Arthur Snell did. He played the speech that Mike Flynn made on January 5th. And what he said in the speech is basically something like, there's two people, it's us against them. You know, we have to win this or else it's going to be fascism or whatever he said. Yeah. And I'm like, he's right actually yeah <laughs> except that he's the one that's that we're opposing you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it's it, it what he said is completely true though it's just that he's got it all wrong yeah he's got but it reversed yeah it reminded me of the episode of the simpsons where bart simpson is running for class president against <laughs> martin prince who's like that nerdy guy you know <laughs> and um they have a picture of martin prince hanging up a sign that says a vote for Bart is a vote for anarchy. And then it pans down and Bart Simpson is hanging up the exact same sign. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so the messaging, you know, it's just, it's very funny, Oh my uh, God! but it's, it's, it's bizarro. But until we get that stuff, we're, we're going to be, you know, on the powder keg. And again, we have, he talks about this in the podcast episode. We have more guns in this country than we have people. Yes. You know, there's lots of guns. The people that have the guns generally are the more violent minded people. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, you know, it's, it is a powder keg. It's a recipe yeah. for disaster. And I don't know what's going to happen. You know, nothing would surprise me. There, there probably yeah. will be some kind of violent things here and there. Um, it's, I, I hope not, but I don't know, you know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely um, anticipate that, we're going to be seeing just depending on how things go, what news comes down, whatever it, it or, or as we, as we get into, you know, the election season and we've got Democrats, we've got progressive, whatever in some of these States. Like I, I, I have concern for Bruno Amato. He, he's running against Kevin McCarthy. He lives in red ass Bakersfield and you know, he, he is just trying to, and he admits, he's like, look, I, I wouldn't mind if somebody who had more experience than I did would come in and, and, and do this. He said, but nobody else is running against him. So I'm just, yeah. I'm going to do it. And I, and I don't view him as like, you know, I mean, everybody likes the labels progressive. I mean, I think we're all progressive when it comes to the legislation that we want, when we don't want discrimination, when we want equal pay. To me, that's not progressive. That's well, it is progressive, but it's not, you know, it's like, oh, my God, these fucking labels. But it's, you know, as far as how far they go in what they want, he, he's not very hardcore far left. He, I think he's just reasonable. And, right. you know, he's just a reasonable Democrat. And he's like, I'm sick and tired of seeing this shit. But I think, you know, what their goal is, is they're going to try to intimidate all the Democrats so that they won't have town halls so that, you know, everything that they can do to seal up 2022 is, I think, their goal. And if if violence is part of that in a sense of we're going to show up at town halls and or we're going to do something like, you know, I don't even want to put it out there, but just something that's more general as opposed to something specifically targeted. I think we might see general and I think we will see targeted. And I don't know what's going to happen. I totally agree with you that Merrick Garland putting his foot down, although I do think that it would be it would be both. I think it would be a combination of it would piss them off and I think it would make them angrier. But I also think that we should do what we need to do and not not do things because of the threat of violence um i don't know it, we're in such a precarious situation this is like unbelievable that we are in this position and it's very stressful and i'll just say because we're going to end the show i just want to say you know anybody who's listening to this i am really 
you know, terrified. I, I think I'm, I speak for many. People are rude to each other online. People take what you say to an extreme and twist it because they think, and I think sometimes it literally just comes out of fear. They're, they're afraid of what's going to happen and they don't like what you say and they twist it and turn you into a democratic shill or a blind fit, whatever it is. And it's like, I, I, I just ask that what I'm trying to do is breathe. I'm trying to keep a cool head and not make negative assumptions before they can happen. But at the same time, I do think it's extremely important that we as a people keep pressure on our leaders on the DOJ and make sure they understand what we want. And, you know, I mean, I can't control what everyone's going to say. I can't control the Eeyores out there who are just going to constantly be ding- being Debbie Downers. But everybody's voice is important because that it, it, it is like a narrative coming from us. And so I, I get that it's scary and I think it's just going to increase as we move toward the midterms. And it's important to just keep a calm, cool head. That's what I'm going to have to say. I don't know if you have any closing statements on our conversation today. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we've said a lot of negative things and, you know, let's focus a little bit on the positive as, as we close. Yeah. I mean, Hey, Biden won. Right. Um, he won. And I think that many of us were like, ah, okay, fine. He's sort of this compromise candidate. <laughs> yeah. He won and he's fucking awesome. Yes. He's great. He's, he's exactly the person we need right now. Mm-hmm. I think he's old enough that he doesn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. he, he just, he's going to do what he thinks is right. And, you know, and he's a, he's a, they try to attack him for being dishonorable, but he is a man of honor, mm-hmm. um, which is also what we need right now. I think that, um, you know, for all for all the criticism that we've uh, hurled at Garland, the, the DOJ is doing a lot of good things. Certainly, like Lisa Monaco and the people down the line there are doing stuff. And if you read the the people that are defending him, they are saying he is encouraging people to go after, uh, you know, more criminals. Mm-hmm. L- Lisa Monaco and her and the number three at DOJ, um, I can't remember his name. What when Jen Taub was on my show um, a couple weeks ago, she was saying they put out things saying, at least in terms of dirty money and white collar crime, mm-hmm. um, don't be afraid to lose. Go after tough cases. Right. You know, hit these guys. Yeah. Because some of that stuff is really important. So we, it's not like DOJ is completely inept, and God right. knows what condition it was in when Bill Barr. <laughs> right. Left. I mean, yeah. that guy booby trapped the fuck out of it, probably. Yeah. Right. So I know that they're there. I know there's good people there. I know they're doing mm-hmm. good work. And and when we criticize Garland, it's really just we need the sense of urgency. Yes. That's what we want. Why aren't you doing these three or four basic mm-hmm. things? Because what doing them gives us is the fact that you understand the urgency. Yeah. It's not that he's corrupt or anything like that. So, um, you know, and these things that Biden is doing for the economy, they're good. They're yeah. really good that, you know, uh, they're going to impact people in a really positive way. He, um, yes. uh, you know, there's lots of good stuff coming down the pike and, is it going to be that we're going to lose the midterms? I don't. I don't think that's carved in stone by any stretch of right. the imagination. No, it's I not. Mean, that people can wake up to the fact that that they're being sold a bill of goods here, and mm-hmm. I think we have the, the messengers and the messaging to do it. And if his numbers aren't great right now, in ten months or nine months from whatever it is from now, a year from now, they will be, because all this stuff, as you alluded to earlier, is going to is going to play out okay. Yeah, and also. You know, this is still we have a lot of great people in this country. We have a Mm -hmm. lot of smart people in this country. We have a lot of people 
who care a mm-hmm. great deal about democracy and about each other and about the environment and about justice and all of this kind of stuff. It is not a lot of people. The um, When I had uh, Senator Whitehouse on, he said we were talking about the dark money, the Koch brothers at all. Yeah. And he said, I said, how many people is this really? He's like, it's not that many. You know, it's a, you can fit these people in my living room. It's not that many people yeah. that are subverting the will of the people. But ultimately, there's a lot of people who are very smart who are not going to back down from this. Yeah. We're not going to go away, you know, mm-hmm. and um, that's it. You know, and that's why my faith in us as an American people is not wavering. Mm-hmm. I get there's bad apples and we've we've fucked ourselves with the system. Mm-hmm. OK, the Senate in particular is just ridiculous because yeah. it is so disproportionate and out of whack. Mm-hmm. But the majority of the people do want the things that you and I want. Yeah. And that's just how it is. And you can't have a minority, you know, tamping down. Uh, the will of the people for that long. You can't, right. not when you have Biden and Kamala and, and, and everybody else, you know, running the show here. So, yeah. you know, we're still in charge. We have three more years minimally of Biden. Mm-hmm. He's not going to, you know, if he runs again, he's going to win. Spoiler alert. Okay. <laughs> he's not losing it. Popular incumbents never lose. Mm-hmm. It, it just simply doesn't happen. So, um, you know, you can be, oh, don't don't jinx it. It's nothing I say on this podcast <laughs> is going to make gonna that not happen. <laughs> as long as he's still with us, yeah, and he runs, he's winning. There so, you go. You know, and a hundred percent, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Trump is going to be three years older, and you know, twenty IQ points <laughs> lower, and possibly, you know, and, and for all we know, fending off multiple indictments and this and that. Right. It. We're we're not. This could have gone. If Trump won that election, we would be screwed right now. We yeah, would, we would, be would way I can't even screwed. imagine yeah. how awful it would be. Yeah. So, you know, yes, there are uh, obstacles, but my God, look at look at how much we've, we've managed to accomplish in just a year. Yeah. You know, so. OK, well, I just want to say uh, t- before I let you go, tell everybody, first of all, where to find you, but specifically your podcast. OK, my podcast is called prevail with greg oliar and you can get it anywhere podcasts are sold which they aren't sold they're free (laughs) that's the beauty of them you go to like spotify or or apple or whatever and you type in p-r-e-v and it'll pop up and uh you know and you and you subscribe to it because that helps me Mm -hmm. uh so you can do that and then i have my Substack, which is also called prevail which is just at gregoliar.com Awesome, yeah. awesome, and then of course you're you're also Greg Oliar on Twitter, so that's that's your handle, yeah. and of mm-hmm. course you can also subscribe to my podcast on iTunes. That would be super awesome, um, and I'm author Kimberly on Twitter, K I M B E R L E Y. Don't forget that extra E. My books are on Twitter. I want to say thanks for this conversation. I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, you take care. <laughs>